everybody to the life point table talk podcast today we are continuing with our bible reading reflections and i am here with uh, the lovely pastor katrina thank you i'm glad to be here today it's wonderful and today we are going to be finishing up leviticus and matthew and get into a little bit of mark and we got some good stuff ahead of us, so uh, we're going to be looking at Leviticus 14 through 27, and Matthew 26 all the way to the end, and then Mark 1 and 2. Uh, so again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please follow us and uh, keep checking in for these podcasts. We're really enjoying doing it, and uh, follow along with the reading. That'd be great, too. Uh, So let's jump in here to Leviticus. Um, Why don't you start? You you had a really great introduction here about that. Well, the wonderful thing about Leviticus, if you just read it straight through and don't have an understanding about the background, it can get very boring, I think. But really, it's telling you how Christ fulfilled the law of Leviticus. Galatians, the third chapter, said that, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster, to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Justified means just as if I'd never sinned by faith. So the book of Leviticus portrays Christ as our sacrifice for sins. The thing to come in the New Testament where Jesus, the Lamb of God, doesn't just cover sin, he takes away the sin of the world. It's not only the record of the training of the tribe of Levi and the duties of the Levites and priests in the temple, but also it tells us about the role of the sacrifice in God's plan. So it shows us that God's holy, man's sinful, and if man recognizes this fact and they come to God, then they're forgiven. So that's Mm. the beautiful thing about it, that Christ fulfilled the law. So it's divided into two sections Leviticus is the sacrifices and offerings which speak of the blood that saved and then the feasts which speaks of the celebrations and both of them are of God Mm -hmm. and uh, of course the foundation of the feast was the Sabbath which was rest a solemn rest which means it celebrated the finished work of God in creation so as we look at this today and get an idea Uh, of what's going on in the overview. Of course, they have the purification laws, and of course, God gave that to Moses because he hadn't been trained that way. Right. He'd been trained in the way of the Egyptians for health and and medical. So there's like um, more than one thing happening, too, because they're setting up a nation. That's it. So there's that kind of stuff going on at the same time as the religious stuff. So God was practical with them, right? and he was also spiritual with them because their foundation was God. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted them to know how to approach him, but also how to approach one another. Mm-hmm. They had sanitary laws and things that even in the 1800s and early 1900s they didn't do. And I think, I think some of this is hard for us as, you know, modern Westerners to totally understand 
the culture at the time. Um, to it f- wasn't just Moses raised under the Egyptians. All the children of Israel were, well, too. Well, right, and, and the um, surrounding cultures. There's, there's some of these laws and uh, rules that feel like, to me, are directly related to these other cultures. That's true, too. As to separate them from them. Yes, absolutely. So there's certain things that maybe it seem like there's no reason for it, but it's related to be different than these other people who are doing this. Absolutely. Well, and, and they it were, talks about that. They were to be the to. example. Yeah. They were healthy. They were whole. Why is that? Mm-hmm. That's what the heathen would ask. Why are they healthy and whole and we're sick? Yeah. Different things. So they were to be an example. Okay, so let's go through uh, several of these chapters here. We'll go briefly, and then we're going to get to some uh, feasts and festivals. Yes. And when we get to that, we'll do something a little different where we go through the uh, these feasts and festivals and also contrast that with uh, Christ in the New Testament. Great. Well. well, in chapter 14, which is where we start today, is a purification laws for lepers and those that are sick, mm-hmm. which were beautiful, and uh, cleansing and sanitation. Right. And then chapter 16 was the atonement offering, and atonement means at one with. Mm. So it's becoming at one with God, offering sacrifices to become at one with. One thing I did see is the uh, uh, those leprosy cleansing rituals actually uh, shows up there when Jesus heals the lepers, he tells them to go and do what the... the uh, Show yourself to the priest. Yes, as Moses had told you to. That's right. So they're supposed to go through these rituals. See, he came to fulfill the law. Isn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah. That is so wonderful to see that. They had sanitary rules way ahead of their time. Don't drink blood. Don't eat animals that die on their own. Forbidden sexual practices, Mm -hmm. which cause disease, we know now. So they were taught that. And then chapter 19, I think, is very interesting. It's the laws of holiness and justice. Uh, Be holy. Honor the Lord God and be holy as he is holy. And I like this next one. Be generous. Leave the corners of your fields for the poor and the strangers. Mm. Didn't matter who comes by, they can have the corners of your field. And that's kind of like a tithe in a way. Yeah. Leave every corner of your field for anybody that needs anything. Yeah. Let them take it. Right. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That's awesome. God. That's his generosity. Be just in your dealings. And then the next one, be gracious. Honor the elderly. Respect your parents. Respect your parents. That's the first promise with long life buddy yeah (laughs) honor your parents so uh and that's one of the things i see even in today's culture is a lack of respect Hmm. respect for humanity really but especially respect for their elders and the law and different things it's interesting too and in 18 when it's going through um these rules on sex and stuff, and it's, it's talking about perversion and all these different things. But the interesting part to me was that it says uh, the, the twistedness and perversion was part of what defiled the land and brought judgment on them. Yes. And that was uh, while why they were being 
overtaken. Well, they were starting to act like the world. Well, no, the, it was the uh, the lands that uh, Israel was going to. He was Basically. telling them, don't act like them because what they did has made them uh, lose their land. Lose their I land. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, it brought yes. judgment on them. Yes. So that was it was like like I was saying like the counteract what was already going on there well you reap what you sow yeah that's the whole point that's the whole point I, I like chapter 21 talks about the holiness of the priests because they were to be an example to the people and if they're going to present the offerings then they need to be holy before god and is this where they get in in jewish tradition the the side curls you know is I, this in here I don't know. Where it talks about don't trim the side of your... Oh, yes, it is. is that You're where right. that, this yes, tradition comes yes. from? Yes, They must have had long you know, curls we've and been beards. To Israel uh, 16 different times, and we've seen those Orthodox Jews with the long curls. Yeah. And they start them when they're little. Yeah. The little boys got those little curls. Right. So, yes, cool. you're right. You're right. Well, then it talks, chapter 23, about the feasts, and we'll be getting, in festivals, we'll be getting into that. And then chapter 24, it talks about how to take care of the temple, to keep that lamp filled with pure olive oil and keep it burning. And so the so were the lamps burning 24 hours a day? Yes. Wow. And that's part of the Levites. You know, the Levites assisted the priests, but they did all kinds of, some of them were guards. They guarded the temple. They had all kinds of duties that yeah. they did. So it's amazing all that the Levites did. Yeah. Uh, so they were total assistant. But also in chapter 24, it mentions what you do to others will be done to you because it talks about eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Hmm. And they even had laws that the penalty was death for seemingly, in our day, simple things. Right. But Christ died to take on that death penalty. Yeah. That's what is so cool right. when you think about it. Uh, and then, of course, the Sabbath rest and the year of Jubilee, which we'll talk about every 50 years, the land would return to its original order, owner, and all debts were canceled in the 50th wow. year. I wish this was the 50th year. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. Huh? It sure would be. It sure would be. But it, it it's... It seems like something that makes sense. Just somebody who's in the hole uh, debt-wise can never get out in some yeah. situations. But isn't know? it wonderful? That shows the grace of God. Right. We're going to wipe the slate clean every 50 years. Yeah, and get another chance. It's almost like they did it for their children. Right. Because if you started in debt 50 years before and here you're, what, 80? You inherited all this debt. You inherited all this debt. It gets wiped away so your children can start fresh. I wow. think that's beautiful, beautiful. And then, of course, uh, the blessings for obedience. And I call this the if-then uh, principle of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. If you walk in my laws and my statutes and what I ask you to do, then... I will bless you. I'll give you rain in due season, abundant harvest, peace. I will multiply you, establish my covenant with you. But if you don't, then you will reap what you sow. Hmm. And it, it's a principle that you can't get away with. It's, it's just a principle. But here's the beautiful thing in chapter 26. 
He said, but even if you go against me and reap what you sow, if you repent and confess your sin, then I'll remember my covenant with you. Yeah. Even if you fall flat on your face yeah. and say, I'm really sorry, God. He says, okay, come back. Right. I'm waiting for you. That's awesome. That's his love. And then the last chapter is the laws of dedications where they dedicated themselves to God and made these dedications and they gave an offering for these vows and they did it by age. I think that's interesting. Mm. Age 20 to 60, 5 to 20 and 60 plus. And they made these vows and they would bring an offering and a little neat I don't know what to call it that I caught in chapter 27. If they were late in their giving, their tithing, there was a 20% tax put yeah, on I it. Yeah, I saw that. That's funny. <laughs> he said, if you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And so that uh, that ends Leviticus, right? 27. Yeah. But Le- I want you to see the sevens in mm. Leviticus. This, what do we call seven? God's what? Perfect number. Perfect number. All right, listen to the sevens in Leviticus. Every seventh day was the Sabbath. Every seventh year was a sabbatical year, and he would bless them with three years of harvest in that year. Wow. Because the land was at rest for that seventh year. He'd give them three years of harvest in the sixth year that would last them three years. Every seven times seven years was followed by a year of jubilee in the 50th year. Pentecost lasted seven days. Passover lasted seven days. Pentecost was seven days from Passover. In the seventh month was the Feast of Trumpets, Feast of Tabernacles, and the Atonement. Counting the Sabbaths and the feasts, the Jewish people had 10 weeks of celebration and worship during the year when they did not work. Wow. 10 weeks. That's almost a tithe, isn't it? Because Mm. there's 12 months. Yeah. And so they had 10 weeks wow. of, of Sabbath or celebration or worship. Yeah, right. That, what if we had that here? It'd be nice. <laughs> It'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we're going to look at how that Jesus fulfilled these feasts of Leviticus. And uh, I have a chart on that. And we're just kind of hit it briefly. We don't want to go into a lot of in-depth. But this this was so fascinating to me. Here's the Old Testament feast. The feast of Passover, that's when a spotless lamb was offered, and it represented the death angel passing over the Jewish homes during the plagues of Egypt, okay? Right. Well, that represented the cross. Christ died for the sins of the world, the perfect sacrifice of the only begotten Son. And then look at the second one. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, this was the next day after Passover, it lasted seven days. This was bread without leaven, and leaven means yeast. And the leaven represented sin or fermentation, and unleavened bread represented how hurriedly they were brought out of Egypt or brought out of sin by God. Wow. This represented when Christ was buried. Jesus took the bread, didn't he? He said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. And that was at Passover. That was at Passover. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? And the next day, which would have been the unleavened bread, is when he was crucified. Wow. Look at that. 
The Feast of First Fruits, that's the offering of harvest, 10% to God, and it represented putting God first and thanking Him for bountiful crops. And they did not eat their new crops until they gave this presentation to God. That represents the resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15. Christ, the first fruits of them that slept, being risen from the dead the first day of the week. Mm. And afterwards, they that are at his coming are the rest of the fruit coming up. <laughs> I love that. The harvest. The harvest. The harvest. And they didn't eat the crop until that was presented. The mm. resurrection of the rest of us can't take place until he was resurrected. So right. here's three of them. There's seven altogether. The Feast of Pentecost. This was 50 days from the first fruit. This was a free will offering presented to God for his blessing. It's the final harvest of celebration, and it acknowledged the day. Now, notice what it acknowledged. The day the law was given on Mount Sinai, 50 days out of Egypt. They were 50 days out of Egypt when God gave the law, and 3,000 people died that wow. day. Now, look at the next one. In the New Testament, Acts 2, Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Spirit was poured out, 3,000 were saved. Isn't that fascinating? And this was the 50th day after Christ's resurrection. Look how he fulfilled this. Yeah. Every feast he fulfilled. The Feast of Trumpet, which is the Jewish New Year's Day, and it's a time to shake off spiritual drowsiness and search your heart and ways and amend them. This represents the rapture of 1 Thessalonians 4, Christ coming for his saints, those who are watching and waiting who have shaken off spiritual drowsiness. That is so cool. That talks about a trumpet on his return, right? Yes. <laughs> the Feast of Trumpets yeah. with the sound of the trumpet, right? Yeah. Uh, this is so amazing to me. I just, I, I'm going to get real excited. And there's, here there's, um, when you read through it, these, especially feasts of trumpets, it's pa part of the instruction is celebration. Absolutely. That's and why they it, blew the trumpets. Yeah, it was a, it was a definite big celebration. Absolutely, the big day, buddy, big day. Now the Day of Atonement, which is called Yom Kippur, which means covering. This was a day of fasting and making peace with God and repentance, and God would speak peace over his people on this day. It was a day of forgiveness of the sin of Israel. This represents the second advent of Revelation 12, which is the return of Christ to earth with his saints, not for his saints, with his saints, for the millennial reign, the thousand years of peace. And this is considered a time of salvation of Israel, that thousand years of peace millennial reign wow i love it they said and during that time if you read it even on the pots and pans it says holiness unto the lord not revere where holiness mm -hmm. unto the lord wow <laughs> that's the name of the products during that time <laughs> then the last one the feast of tabernacles this was the seven days of rejoicing remembering where god had brought them from they carried palm branches they dwelt in outdoor booths symbolizing that they lived in tents in the wilderness and this was the climax of all festivals and feasts. And the last day of this feast is called the Great Day of the Feast. And we were in Israel once when they had this celebration, Feast of Tabernacles. Oh, yeah. It was the most awesome time. There were uh, tents, or not, they weren't tents, they had like straw over them. 
everywhere, even in the cities, on the streets, every little, I mean, they were everywhere and people were rejoicing and shouting and I mean, music and it was, it was so overwhelming to me. It was one of the greatest times to go. It was during, this is during usually the month of October. What does that represent? This represents the coming of New Jerusalem. The tabernacle is set up with man forever. Mm. For behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them forever. It's when New Jerusalem comes down and settles. That's really cool. Isn't this beautiful how you can see how Christ and Christ will be with them and rule rule and reign together? Yeah. It's just amazing. And it's all of these are connected to that original Exodus story. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Which is kind of like also they're celebrating the founding of their nation. Yes. It's like 4th of July kind of. That's some of it. them kind You're of like right. that. This yeah. would be the 4th of July, wouldn't it's it? It's the birth of a nation. You birth know? of a nation. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you can see this, it'll take us right in to the New Testament and Matthew 27 of Jesus fulfilling fulfilling becoming that sacrificial lamb that is being offered the perfect sacrifice and it, the last uh, two chapters here of Matthew it's just so wonderful how this reading that we're doing flows together with this look at this chapter 27 Jesus comes before Pilate he's sentenced to die we have the crucifixion Representing Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace with the, on him and with his stripes were healed. Then we have the death, the burial. The tomb is sealed. Guards are placed in front of the tomb to make sure that nobody takes his body out. And you know the stone, they say, that was rolled in front of the tomb weighed at least 2,000 pounds. Mm. What man is going to roll that thing away? Right. <laughs> it was on like a little uh, um, I don't know, path-like, and they just shoved it, and it would roll down and then lock it in place. Yeah. So whoever would push it would have to push it up. Mm. It was meant to stay there permanently. Yeah. So what happens? Chapter 28, Matthew. Jesus rises from the dead. How? An angel comes and rolls that stone away. It says he appeared like lightning. I love that. The I don't angel know what did. that is, but that sounds oh. wild. Well, one, uh, one of the gospels says he sat on the stone. I mm. think he just sat there, crossed his legs, and smiled. <laughs> I did this. <laughs> I was uh, um, looking at this again. Matthew goes pretty quickly through this whole section. Yeah, he does. It's not the deep. Uh, that's one interesting thing about the Gospels. They're each, you know, from a different perspective. Um, but it goes pretty quick. Yeah. And it's like, and then he was crucified. And then this. <laughs> yeah, happened. I know it. Boom, 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 yeah, boom. Yeah, it's real quick. <laughs> well, uh, the angel says to the women, he's not here, he's risen. As he said, he's reminding them, he's been telling you this, as he said. Now, here's something I think is interesting. The soldiers witnessed this resurrection, fell as dead men when they saw the angel. Then they go and tell the officials, you know, he, he really raised from the dead. We saw an angel and all that. They said, we'll give you a bunch of money if you won't tell. Yeah. And they took the money and lied. Yeah. That shows you the love of money, love of money, greed. I wonder how they really felt about that later. 
Yeah. I just wonder about that. Well, there's so much happening there. I, I, it's hard to, for me to imagine it not messing with everybody. That's true. Like the centurion. Pilot. Yeah, his uh, wife, there's all earthquakes of them. and one part the tombs are opening up and all kinds of crazy stuff. The veil in the temple yeah, split that, in two. That had to bug them a little bit. They had to <laughs> Something go. Something was uh, going on. Yeah. yeah. But I love how Matthew ends this. It's the great commission of Jesus. Go, teach, baptize. I am with you always. Yeah. To the end of the age. To the end of the age. You'll never not have me with you. Ever. Ever. And that is just the most amazing thing. But can you see how Jesus, here we got the crucifixion, resurrection, boom, two feasts right just like that. Yeah. I mean, several of them, just first fruits, just boom, 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 boom. Right. And even you mentioning that graves were open, first fruits, here mm. they come. They yeah. couldn't come up to win. He did. Yeah, it says that. Yeah. Uh, and they not, were the first fruits of the Old Testament. Was, yeah, right. It's amazing. I it love is it. amazing. And so we, that ends Matthew we end with the great commission there and now we jump into Mark yes now there are some who say this was John Mark who wrote this that he traveled with Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey and he turned back and then they were going to go on another one and Paul said no I'm not taking him Barnabas said he's my nephew yes you are so he and Barnabas separate over it but later as John Mark matured Paul began to use him, and he actually said about him, he's profitable for me for the gospel. Wow. I'm, he began to send him as his representative. Now, whether this was the same John Mark, most theologians believe that, some do not, but I kind of like that. I, I like that forgiveness yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, so Mark starts off with John the Baptist. Yeah. Now, remember, Mark is called the businessman's gospel. Mm. I forget I like how many that. times it says immediately and... And, you know, all all through there, and he'll, he'll just jump just from, he doesn't even mention the birth of Jesus. He starts right in. Yeah, Here's John true. the Baptist, yeah. forerunner of Jesus. And, uh, and he says, I'll baptize you with water, but the one coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Ghost, you know. Yeah. And they, um, it's interesting, he, he talks about the temptation without any details. I know it. it but just, I think, and he the one that says there were either the one that says angels or came and ministered to him. Yeah, it says uh, ministered to him continually. Yeah. That's really fascinating. Yes. So, uh, I, you know, I have a book on angels, and the ministry, we don't realize how many times angels were part of Jesus' ministry. What do you think that means, ministered to him? What is that? Uh, I believe he was so weak coming out of that mm-hmm. that they literally strengthened him. Hmm. I really do, wow. because said angels are in, the, in Psalm 91 under the command of God, lest you would dash your foot against against a stone. Mm-hmm. And he came out of their week, and they're right there they were. Hmm. We're here with you. Even Jesus needed angels. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I love that. When G- Jesus was baptized by John, you see the Trinity. This is the most depictive picture of the Trinity there is. Yeah. The voice of God the Holy Spirit as the dove, and Jesus. Yeah, There they are. 
You, okay. you cannot deny that. You cannot deny that. But oh. Jesus returns in power after he's in the wilderness. And I believe it is because of the ministry of the angels with him. And he starts teaching immediately the good news of the kingdom. Yes, of the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, so now he calls four fishermen, and he actually calls four brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and James, and John. And I don't care what you think, but I think fishermen are kind of rough guys. <laughs> and we always think John the Beloved, but he was a fisherman. I think. Yeah. And, and Jesus actually called James and John the sons of thunder. So yeah. they weren't that kind of cool that you think of. John wasn't walking around like a whimsy little yeah, right. guy. He was a strong. These were Maddie. They had to have muscles and stuff to pull in those nets and stuff. <laughs> yeah. They were strong dudes. Yeah. But brothers. Now I think that's interesting. Family ministry. He brought brothers with him. Right. And many and that talks about healings. If, if you read through the Gospels, the many times Jesus healed on the Sabbath, hmm. and the Pharisees called that Sabbath, rest, you don't even pick up a stone, you yeah. cook your meals on the day before, and you know, you don't. In fact, we were in Israel on Sabbath. Uh, there, uh, the elevators automatically go up and down so you don't push a button on the elevator. Oh, Do you wow. know that? Because that's work. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Hey, it's stopping on every floor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so they were very strict about that. But he starts right off with a healing on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, too, that um, the one time he's casting out a spirit, and the spirit seems to know who he is. And he tells him, shut up. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> That's wild. Um, and one, one scene there, it says... The whole town showed up, and they showed up to the door. Oh, I they know. They couldn't even that, get everybody in. I know. I well, mean, in a house, can you imagine? I don't imagine their homes were that big anyway. He must have just been healing person after person after person. Oh, yeah. oh yes. I believe I mean, that. I believe incredible. just his word. But one of the things you'll notice in chapter 1, that Jesus is a man of prayer, said he went alone and prayed. He was a man... It, well, he didn't go from healing to healing. He went from prayer to prayer. Hmm. And in between the prayer to prayer was healing. If we could understand that, if you'll start looking at all the times it says Jesus was alone, Jesus prayed, where is he? Oh, he's praying again. Mm -hmm. The disciples didn't ask him, teach us to heal. What'd they ask him? That's teach right. us to pray. Yeah. So that's what they saw. Now, Jesus in chapter one answers a question. If it's his will to heal. A leper comes to him and knows nothing about him, but he said, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus looked at him and said, I will be yeah. clean and healed him. That, it's his will. It was his will. Yeah. And it still is, I believe that. Yeah. And then it's in chapter two, we see about the Jesus saw their faith. How did he see faith? How do you see faith? I think that's a question we have to ask. How do you see faith? Action. Action. Yeah. And what did they do? Can you imagine the person that had that house? Here these guys climb on the roof and take all the tiles off. Yeah. <laughs> we just tore up your roof. <laughs> well, this must have been a wild scene. You know, one of those situations where the whole town just showed up at a place. And evidently they weren't expecting that kind of crowd right. at all. And when these men saw they couldn't get through the crowd, 
They'd never get in to see Jesus. One of them had to say, hey, what if we go on the roof? Yeah. <laughs> and think of this. They're carrying a man uh, on a bed. Right. So it's no easy task climbing up on somebody's roof with somebody on a bed. Amazing. Um, that, that's when you see faith. And Jesus healed him. He healed him. Yeah. And I like this one, too. And then he calls Matthew the tax collector. Here he's got four brothers, he's called, that are fishermen. Tax collectors were hated. Yeah. And I can just see these four fishermen. Oh, no, not right. the tax collector. Yeah. Jesus, we need to meet privately. <laughs> that shows you, but he shows the body of Christ. Right. All types of people come to follow Jesus. Yeah, it says he, he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners. And they were questioning him about that. And that's when he talks about he was there for the sick. Yeah. He's like a doctor. He, right. Of course he's with them. That's who that's he's right. there to heal. And if we Christians could catch on to that more, if we don't isolate ourselves, we can insulate ourselves from sin, but don't isolate yourself from the sinner. Hmm. If you can understand that, insulate yourself from sin, but don't isolate yourself from the sinner. Somebody's got a witness to them. And it, and it ends there, um, like we've been talking about, again, he's getting in trouble for doing these good things on the Sabbath, um, which ties into a lot of, you know, Sabbath is the seven, what we've been talking about uh, in Leviticus. And he says the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So there's something about looking at these Levitical laws in that they were meant to help Absolutely. the people at that time. Yes. It wasn't a meant to be a big burden on them. Right. You know. They would have worked seven days a week, just like many people do today, and worn themselves out. And yeah. he said you need not only physical rest, spiritual rest. Yeah. You need a holy Sabbath where you meditate on me, worship me, and let your body, your mind, and your spirit rest that's awesome and i think that's one of the greatest needs we have in this fast-paced world yes yes today yes the sabbath was made for man god yeah. gave us a sabbath he said so take advantage of it yeah that's awesome well that ends our um uh portion of reading today we covered some awesome stuff i'd love to jump in and get more study on these feasts and uh, the way it ties into the life of Christ and uh, just really great stuff there. So, I think it is too. It's really interesting. To me, that was fascinating when I got into that study and found that. Yeah, I, I feel like it helps reading these simultaneously. Like you said, some people get really bored with Leviticus and I get it. It's a lot of detailed things going on there, but but uh, the way it um, comes to fruition later in the life of Christ is really beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Katrina, for being here today. Uh, enjoyed it. Continue to follow us and keep checking in and uh, follow us with the Bible reading. It's on the uh, Light Point uh, Church uh, app. And uh, we will see you next week, everybody. Have a good one. Peace.